Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Scientology Fair Game, the podcast. Hey, Mike. Hi, Lee. We have a special guest with us today, Mark Bunker. Welcome. Hi there, Mark. Hello. I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Hi, Mark. We're thrilled to have you. We appreciate you once again showing up for us and continuing the fight. I am so (laughs) excited that you're doing this podcast. I love it. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. You hadn't had enough enough of us yet, Mark? (laughs) No. I don't know that I've I've heard Richard Behar uh, being interviewed in a long-form format like that. That was great to hear, and I always love hearing Paulette. So you're you're continuing to strike a blow, and it's very needed. Well, it's a collective effort. Small group, but mighty group. Well, let me tell you something. Yes, please do. When I first moved here in 2000, I was working for the Lisa McPherson Trust. and And uh, We're we're talking about Clearwater, sorry. When you said here, you meant Clearwater. Yes. Sorry. Um, And there were times when we would see the big celebrities uh, being paraded out by Scientology. John Travolta would testify in Congress or whatever. Um, And I always felt, well, look what we're up against. You know, they have John Travolta. Uh, We have this motley little crew trying to speak up and, and make a difference. Spielberg could have done my job better uh, as the head of the multimedia unit for our our cause, but he wasn't available, so it was yeah. left to me. Yeah. But now it's it, it's great to have um, someone like you who can come forward and actually bring attention to the other side and the abuses. So I mean, it's it's a game changer. Let me try that Thank again. You. It's a game changer. Yes. Well, thank you. I think it's a collective. Like I said, I couldn't do this without brave people like you and our contributors who've spoken to me and Mike. I couldn't do it without Mike. We all work together as a unit, and we all rely on each other to help get uh, get the news out of what Scientology's been up to and is up to. Uh, but let's can we briefly talk about, for those who didn't see the aftermath, because we've had you on the aftermath, and we certainly did talk about Lisa McPherson, uh, could you briefly go over... You were never a Scientologist, we should say that. Um, you are probably the most respectful person on the other side that I have ever seen in, in, in this world of people trying to expose Scientology. And I think you have, uh, you are, your, your success is greatly because I think you're so respectful of not uh, disparaging or ridiculing Scientology beliefs, but rather exposing the crimes of Scientology. And uh, you've had, I've seen YouTube videos of you where you have respectfully tried to speak to representatives of Scientology who have attacked you. Uh, You even got one out, right? Because of your manner and because how respectful you are, I think you've been successful. I myself have not achieved that. Um, <laughs> graciousness of which you approach me, me either, and neither has Mike. I will say that is true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you are an example of uh, how one should go about deprogramming people because of the way you do it, it's it's purely out of love and and wanting to help people to get out of this uh, toxic 
organization, but also you've done it in a respectful way when you're not engaging with Scientologists one-on-one. You've done it in a way, just in the way that you communicate, in the way that you tell the stories of Scientology. But anyway, let's go over your history, the Lisa McPherson, where you came from, how you got involved in, in, in this whole thing, just for people who don't know. Sure. Well, I first heard about Scientology back in 1980 when uh, 60 Minutes did a piece on Clearwater uh, mm-hmm. about, um, you know, the the takeover of the town that was attempted with Project Normandy. And it was a fascinating story, but at the end and Project of- Normandy is I'm sorry is an is is a name of an operation from science named by Scientology. Yes, it was one of the covert operations uh, aimed at uh, the complete takeover of Clearwater, uh, and all of these operations were discovered when uh, the FBI raided Scientology's headquarters in. Washington, D.C., and L.A. Mm -hmm. So they had all these written orders about setting up uh, the mayor, Gabe Casares, at that point on a Mm -hmm. phony hit-and-run accident and all sorts of other things to try to derail his career. And And that was solely because Gabe Casares, who was the mayor of Clearwater at the time and the chief of police at the time, they started to investigate, like, who are these people, right? Like, why right. are they coming under a false name? They found out they came under a false name. And so the mayor, of course, and the police, they were, right? Is That's correct, right? Who's Absolutely. the chief of police, Mike? Absolutely. Yeah. They, okay. they were, um, uh, the mayor primarily started asking questions early on because this mysterious United Churches of Florida uh, bought uh, the Fort Harrison Hotel, a historic uh, hotel here in, in the mm-hmm. city, and the central meeting place for the city where people would always have their events. So suddenly this group came in, and Gabe noticed that there were armed security people uh, on the top of the Fort Harrison Hotel. Uh, and this security force surrounding both of their buildings and he wanted to know who they were. And it took about a month to realize that it was Scientology. And the city got pretty upset about that mm. um, that trickery. That uh, right. Why did you have to come in undercover? Why, why couldn't you just Correct. say who you were? The Church um, of Scientology. And, and then, right. of course, when a few years later, when the FBI raids happened, when we saw all of the nefarious things that Scientology actually did... That wound up with the 10 top leaders of Scientology going to prison, including L. Ron Hubbard's uh, wife, wife, Mary uh, Mary Sue. Uh, And Hubbard himself fled into the desert uh, for the last 10 years of his life and and let his wife take the fall for him. Uh, Nice guy that he is. Well, yeah. Um, So 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 the fair gaming had started. Yeah. Uh, meaning trying to destroy Gabe's career, the mayor, trying to set him up. Like you said, they uncovered this this secret documents to destroy Gabe, which is, you know, called fair game. Yeah. Um, and so that that this has been going on for quite a while. So now you, just to go back for one minute, um, you were never a Scientologist. You worked in radio in the Midwest, right? right. In the mid-80s, you, you moved to L.A. and you worked as an actor and trained as a video editor, right, right with KMBC. Right. 
Uh, you won a regional Emmy Award in 2006 from the Pacific Southwest Emmy Awards for a report on San Diego State, a report that you did in San Diego concerning issues with, with the border. So in 1999, you moved to Clearwater to produce, to, to investigate this death of this woman who was a Clearwater, she lived in Clearwater, Lisa McPherson? Lisa McPherson. Uh, or no, she was doing services there at Scientology, right? Yeah, she was a Well, she actually lived there. She'd moved there. Oh, she did. Okay. And so yeah. the death, so- so what 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 grabbed you about the Lisa McPherson death? Well, it was an amazing tragedy. Um, sure. The the fact that they held this w- uh, woman in a room at the hotel for seventeen days uh, uh, until she died, and the, the Scientologist, right? And the story was mm-hmm. just horrifying. So a lot of people were concerned about this, and enough so that there was. A criminal case launched here. So, Mark, so you moved to Clearwater, uh, and r- really because of the death of Scientologist, a uh, young woman named Lisa McPherson, correct? Essentially. Um, I had started really looking into Scientology around 1998. So, okay. in the 18 years from the 60 Minutes piece until... Yeah. Um, uh, 98, I was fascinated by cults, but without an internet around, there wasn't any chance to really research Scientology at all. And, you know, I just put it in the back of my mind, but Uh I started reading, um, the uh, internet news group, alt religion, Scientology, which is where a lot of former members and critics were hanging out, uh, sharing information and I discovered that there was a very noted SP who lived just a few blocks away from me, a fellow named Dennis Ehrlich, who had his home raided uh, for allegedly posting copyrighted OT3 material. Okay, so now let me just go back uh, for one second. So an SP, if if we don't already know everybody, is label, that, that it stands for a suppressive person, and that is a label that Scientology gives anyone who's telling the truth about it, simply. Uh, now, so Mike, can you tell us a little bit about, before we go into Ehrlich, can we go into a little bit about who Lisa McPherson was? Sure. Lisa McPherson was a very dedicated Scientologist, so dedicated, in fact, she'd moved from Texas to relocate to Clearwater and was engaged in Scientology auditing at the Clearwater facility, the flag land base, it's called. Right. And she, in the midst of her participation in Scientology, uh, had an incident where she sort of went crazy. Not sort of, she did. She right. had a little car accident. She jumped out of her car, took off her all of her clothes and was running naked down the street. And when the emergency medical services arrived, they shuffled her into the back of an ambulance and took her to the local hospital, Morton Plant Hospital, where she was uh, to be put under a psychiatric review and put into the into care at the hospital. And when her boss, Bonetta Slaughter, heard about the fact that this had happened. Scientologist. Yep, very much a Scientologist. Mm-hmm. She contacted the Office of Special Affairs and Bonetta and a number of people from the Office of Special Affairs went to Morton Plant Hospital and basically 
strung arm the people on duty at the hospital to let Lisa go with them on the guarantee that they would look after her. They took her to the Fort Harrison and put her in a room where she was put on what is called the introspection rundown, which was a thing that Hubbard developed, which he said solved and cured insanity and psychosis and was the last uh, remaining reason why psychiatry even needed to exist on planet Earth. And now with the introspection rundown, all would be well. The introspection rundown requires you to have a person completely muzzled in uh, isolated circumstance with no contact with other people, nobody talking, nobody doing anything. And Lisa McPherson was in that room for 17 days being watched over by uh, maids, uh, not trained people, not nurses, not anything, just maids. Who, and she deteriorated to the point of being um, unresponsive. And those maids thought, oh, well, she's getting better because now she's not in a psychotic state anymore. In truth, she was very near to death by that point, and that was when the Scientologists in charge decided that they were going to drive her to a hospital in Newport Ritchie, which is 45 minutes away, rather than taking her back to the Morton Plant Hospital, which is three minutes away, because there was a Scientology doctor who was on duty in the emergency room, and she was dead upon arrival at the hospital. And that is a summary of the story of Lisa McPherson, and that resulted then in both a civil case by her aunt, who was her surviving relative, and uh, a criminal charges being filed against Scientology for negligence by the state's attorney, for the 6th District, Bernie McCabe. And that also was the impetus for a group of people, mostly who had some familiarity with Scientology, coming to Clearwater and conducting protests and generally protesting what had happened and that these abuses had to stop. And that's kind of where Mark Bunker comes in, and that's where I first met Mark when he showed up because he was taking the videos for the what was called the Lisa McPherson Trust, which was this little group that had been formed by Bob Minton, our mutual friend, and was undertaking an effort to expose what had happened. Right. Right. So it was Bob Minton, Stacey Brooks, Mark Bunker, Jesse Prince, I believe, yes. right? There was a lot yes. of good people. Tari. Who, yes. Tari Christman. Right. Yes. <laughs> like um, Jeff Jacobson. There was a whole bunch of people who are still around and still, you know, speaking their mind. We don't really need to go into what happened with the criminal investigation, but ultimately that got dropped because of the amount of money and resources that Scientology had to bring in the leading criminal pathologists in the world, fresh out of the O.J. Simpson trial, mm -hmm. to contest the findings of the medical examiner of Pinellas County. 
and that that was a sort of overwhelming force (laughs) applied to this poor woman joan wood who eventually realized that she was going to be eviscerated on the stand and changed her findings and that resulted in the criminal case being dropped but the civil case went on for many years and ultimately was settled right didn't marty rathbun who was uh, a former high-ranking sea org member who then left whistleblower but now is back in scientology uh didn't he isn't there an affidavit that states that he destroyed evidence that would have uh really put david miscavige uh, at the head of this lawsuit and responsible for the death of Lisa McPherson? Well, there is certain there is an affidavit, and he also spoke on on video with the Saint, then St. Petersburg Times, where he said that there were documents that were in the preclear folder of Lisa McPherson, the file that is kept for the auditing, and that he had removed and destroyed incriminating documents that were contained in that file. Yes, absolutely. And we should, and we should put those up, Mike, on our website. We will put the documents on ScientologyFairGame.com. Everything oh. that we talk about, every week, I always put everything up on that website so that if people are wanting to see what it is that we're talking about when we refer to Operation Freakout the, yeah. with, with Paulette, then I put a copy of that on that website so that people can see it for themselves and know we're not just making stuff up. So I started to meet Scientologists or former Scientologists in real life and uh, really started to learn uh, more about the organization and the really amazing kind of mind control factory that L. Ron Hubbard created. Um, So early on, I was not as respectful as I've come to be in the first year Mm. or so, I I would make some wise cracks. And, um, I remember one video that I was narrating that somebody else shot of a picket. I, I, I did a piece of narration that said, well, there's an ideal, not an ideal. There's an org. Uh, that's where really stupid people go to find out about Mm Zenu. Now, uh, still pretty, yeah, reasonably, but, you know, nice. But once I started to learn more about it, it didn't seem yeah. to be helpful at all. And when I joined the Lisa McPherson right. Trust, which I was thrilled to be a part mm-hmm. of, initially I was not going to be part of that group. But like a month before the LMT opened in Clearwater, Bob Minton had an altercation with a um, Scientologist security guard. And Bob had to go on trial for that. And Stacy felt that if I had been there with my camera, this wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. or we would have evidence of it. So because you don't believe because there wasn't an incident. Well, there there was an incident and Bob um, got really frustrated uh, as he was trying mm-hmm. to make a phone call. This one lone Scientology security guard with his camera got in Bob's face and Bob took his protest sign and kind of used it to shove him away and hit the guy mm-hmm. in the head with it. But this person wasn't actually a security guard. His name is Rich Howd, and he was an OSA person. Now, explain what he OSA was, is, Mike, really quickly. 
the Office of Special Affairs, the replacement for the Guardian's office, the Dirty Tricks Department of Scientology. Of which you were a part of. Of which I was the head. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Of <laughs> <laughs> which I was the head. Yes, Rich Howell, the he was out there in order to goad Bob Mitten or other protesters into yeah. doing something that they could then be prosecuted for. Right. So, Mike, tell people that is what you guys would do. You would sit in a room and say, now, listen, we want you to go out there. We want you to try to entice Mark Bunker and the and the Lisa McPherson Trust and anybody who's exposing us. We want you to go out there and goad them so that we can get them arrested. So that we, so you tell Scientology employees as the head up OSA, Mike, and as an employee of Scientology, you tell them to do this, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this was a, a, a calculated effort right. because you couldn't get them away any other way. And Miscavige, was, it was like, this was the nightmare. Every day there were picketers outside of the Fort Harrison and the and the you know the most friend the friendliest place in the world, which is what Scientology tells all their people around the world to persuade them to come to Clearwater. This is the friendliest place in the world. Mm -hmm. And outside every day were people with picket signs saying, You killed Lisa McPherson. And David Miscavige beats people and et cetera, et cetera. And this drove him crazy. So the efforts that were made to put an end to these protests sort of had no limit. Mm. They were, we'll close the sidewalk. Oh, we'll get an injunction. Oh, we'll do, we'll get in their face so that they push and shove and then we'll document it and then we'll take it to the police and they'll have no no option but to prosecute because if they don't, they know that we'll make such a big deal about the fact that they're favoring the protesters, et cetera, et cetera. And this happened like for the entire time that the Lisa McPherson Trust existed. Then you see those people showing up, you know, screaming in people's faces and getting right up in their face. And that was the, the sort of response and, right. and ironically, you can see this person that we just talked about, Marty Rathbun, you can see Scientology attempting to do that to him. Right. Subsequent. Where they're outside his house, they're trying, they're, they're fair gaming him his house. and his they, wife, they, Mosey, and they're out there and they're making fun of him. They, they concocted this little group called the Squirrel Busters and squirrels, just so you know, is... Scientology term for a group of people who leave Scientology and then are using Scientology outside the control of Scientology. They call them squirrels, right, Mike? Right. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. So, and and Mike, not to go over this lightly, because I know, because you're you're um, you you look at it differently. I think people will be surprised to know that there is an organization calling itself a church, because you like to just kind of let this go by too quickly, <laughs> sitting around going, all right, now, Bunker's out there and uh, Minton's out there. So what we want you guys, I mean, it is insane that a place calling itself a church will be, it is so vindictive that they purposely try to get people into an altercation just so, ha ha, we got them. I mean, it's really sick, Mike. It, it's very sick. And that's not even the worst of it. That's just like the fifth grade level. 
yeah, that, that that's yeah, that's elementary school business. Yeah. Yes. But, but but you know, like we're talking to Mark Bunker. Yeah. And Mark Bunker has been the object of these sort of operations too. He's been arrested. He was arrested outside of gold for filming people who were protesting at gold. So Mark, like, you're outside Golden Era Productions, which is where which, which Going Clear goes over. If you haven't seen the documentary, you should see it. This is where Mike and many former executives were beaten, held against their will. People still cannot get out of the gold base. Uh, this is in Riverside County in California. You're out there. People are picketing. They are exercising their uh, their freedom of speech. They're right. I mean, they're they're out there. They're not harming anybody. They're not disrespectful. They're just out there doing what people do who want to protest against the evils of the world. And you're filming it. How did they get you arrested for picketing? It was a filming? fascinating day. Picketing. Um, it was the culmination of months and months and months of effort on Scientology's part to close off yeah. the road that ran in front of gold. Uh, they wanted the county to make that a private road for them. And there were countless... So that people couldn't yeah. stop there, right? And people couldn't exactly. film, people couldn't break people out, people couldn't jump over the fence exactly. and escape. The only reason right. for Go that. Uh -huh. And I started going yes. to the Riverside County uh, uh, meetings um, and speaking out there mm -hmm. because there were um, a number of people who were objecting to this, including people who had no interest in Scientology at all, but protested other things like sexual assaults and, uh, and mm -hmm. stalkers being released and things like this. So uh, they were passionately uh, trying to stop the shutdown of this road they eventually were able to say that picketing is fine out there. We warmed, we wore down the county enough that they said, "Okay, you can you can protest in front of the gates. You can't block traffic." Uh, so we all said, "Well, let's go down there and test it out." So we all went from from uh, uh, you know the county commission meeting. Uh, still, I was still wearing my suit from my appearance, um, and Scientology just exploded. And their um, uh, one of their executives there put me under citizen's arrest uh, for what? allegedly blocking the driveway. I, I you know, I can't remember that? her name. I, I can send you uh, the video of it, and uh, I th I can look up her name for you. But okay. but she was somebody who okay. was there okay. at, at all the uh, county meetings too, pushing her side. Um, okay. But they were okay. so upset that they lost that uh, <laughs> that right. um, adventure of theirs. Um, that uh, one other person got arrested first, and I, uh, you know, I I was caught on camera mm -hmm. saying to somebody, "I wonder how much uh, it is to to bail yourself out of this," because I didn't have a lot of money on me. Mm -hmm. But I thought, ah, what the heck? Right, uh, I, right, I'm right. I'm going to move closer, and I'm going to shoot this 
uh, video of the guy being arrested. And at that point, they put right. me under arrest. Um, and it was wacky. And the sheriff, uh, you know, loaded me into the back of the car and drove me to the precinct. And, and uh, along the way, we got to talk about Scientology and stuff he didn't know. And the upshot of it is I, I got him to do a welfare check on the sister of one of the women who was a former member who was with us that day. So by the time, you know, they, mm-hmm. they had me booked and held there for a couple hours, mm-hmm. um, they went out and, and, and checked on the sister that my friend had not talked to in a long time. So still couldn't talk to her, but at least they, they found out she was there and she right. was safe. Um, and, and then I was, Oh, who, well, who said that she was saved? Yeah, I'm sure, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, you know, Mark, I know it sounds great. I know it sounds great for you to say that you got him to do a welfare check. We, you know, we've been here before where, I mean, that's like going up to somebody who you're doing a welfare check, who is being beaten by her husband and in front of her husband says, ma'am, are you being beaten by your husband? No, no, no. Everything's great. Um, so it's it's kind of ridiculous to to carry on this facade that the sheriff's department is willing to do welfare checks in any cults because they're not educated in cults and yeah. how Scientology works. They don't know that the person that they're claiming to be a nurse of somebody there is in fact not a nurse all at right, all. Leah, you are right. But they accept right. that as an answer. Sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't hear that often, Mark, just so you know. So once in a while to hear that I'm right, everybody, <laughs> can we just live in it for a second? I prefer can we just it, though, live when, in it when uh, it, you're cursing like a sailor. So this, uh, oh yeah, this being polite to you is maybe the wrong way. Maybe I should uh, be getting in your face a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that okay. every day from my own family. I don't need it from you. Yeah, I, I like you. You're a nice guy. You're you're nice to me. <laughs> I'm nice so to Brian. I mean, that arrest was. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Mike knows this is true. Mike knows this. Yes, is true. yes he's yes. been here many times. Where? Why are you wearing that? Are you gaining weight, Leah? Are you pregnant at your old age? And you sound like a man. Okay, um, <laughs> let's go back for one moment. I just wait, get wait. My, let's yeah. let, well, let's just finish this because yeah. you didn't get prosecuted no, for that. They didn't charge me with anything. Right? They just held me there right. with uh, uh, another uh, uh, of the uh, protesters uh, for an hour or so, and and he was starting to make plans to you know how he was going to deal with this, and I said, just relax. There's there's not going to be any problem. And, and we were let go. No, I, I had to call my TV station to say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there in time for my shift for the 6 p.m. news because I'm in jail. <laughs> but they were kind of amused by um, Scientology having arrested me. The whole thing, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mark, you know that there is a list of contributors to Jeff Stone and the other people that were on that Riverside County uh, board and I will have that on our website, scientologyfairgame.com. It shows that Sea Org members 
from the gold base were donating to those officials. Those Sea Org members don't have a penny to donate. That money is coming from Scientology. And in fact, that is a violation of 501c3. Scientology as an organization, no religious organization is allowed to support particular candidates for election and certainly not give money to them. So they channel it through Sea Org members, the people from the uh, local public affairs office of Golden Era Productions. But so that's, now these that will people, all be there. now Mike, these people make the who we're talking about here, these employees of Golden Era Productions at, in Riverside County, these people make, you worked with them side by side for, for years and years. Mike, what do they make a week? Well, they're supposed to make $50, Leah, but that was really rare. Bike. Oftentimes, months on end. Yeah. I remember Claire or someone that we talked to somewhere said, I got my total income for the three years that I worked at Golden Era Productions, and it was $2,000 for three years. Mike, so at best, Catherine Frazier, who's on here many, many times, and a woman named Muriel. Muriel Dufresne. Yes, and Michael Dufresne. Uh, so basically, it's Catherine Frazier and Muriel Dufresne up and down this page, okay? Now, when you look at the amounts, somebody might go, that's not a big deal. $300, $360, $100. When you're talking about a Sea Org member who maybe makes $50 a week, giving to Ray Wilson for supervisor, uh Chuck Washington for supervisor, friends of Stan Sniff for sheriff and coroner, uh, over Russ Bow for county supervisor. When you see Catherine Frazier and this Catherine uh, and the other one over Muriel. and over again, yeah, it is shocking and disgraceful. And it makes sense why we have had virtually no help from Riverside County yes, when it comes to Scientology. And this and, is just and, one, Mike. This is just one page that we got. This is one we haven't even looked into it since. Right. Yeah. Right. Ahead. And of course, those two are the two that show up every time there is a protester, every time the media shows up, every mm -hmm. time there needs to be an event with the police. When the police, when the Riverside sheriffs went to check on Heba Gench, it was Kathy Fraser that Fraser, was the yeah. one that was dealing with them. Right. When Mark Headley got run off the road on his motorcycle when he was trying to escape. It was Muriel DeFriend that showed up to deal with the police there. And it was Kathy Frazier who showed up and confronted Louis Thoreau on the, st the street outside uh, Gold, Gold Base. She's right. a nasty, oh, sure. nasty piece of business. Go ahead, Mark. And, sh and she was on Anderson Cooper. Right. She w that's Jeff Hawkins' ex-wife. She's right. one of the inch wives. She's the inch wife, right. Go ahead, Mark. She was the one who, I believe, did the citizen's arrest on me. Sure, of course. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. you guys can look into this. How could people find this? Is, is this a public document, Mike? I mean, if somebody wanted to look into this, because, you know, this is 2018. But how could people find this information? 
Yes, it's public records. Char- donations to, to political candidates are absolutely public records. You just have to go to the right place to find them somewhere in Riverside gotcha. County. I don't know. Got it. Yeah. And, but, but people should be doing that for, for their own cities and finding it. And, you know, they certainly don't know that Catherine Frazier is a Sea Org member, but certainly we, we could start a, a running log of, of Sea Org members. Now, Mike, this is, this is a win, Frank, for OSA, for the Office of Special Affairs, the Department of Scientology that wastes everybody's time and resources and police resources for which they pay no taxes for. Um, but this is a win in your eyes, right, as a person who is the head of OSA? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Any, anybody that gets arrested, anybody, uh, then, you know, that's like step one. That's a win. But yeah. a real win is a prosecution. And I was going to say, and Mark, now that we're talking about this gold one, didn't you also get yeah. arrested in the, Chicago? The uh, arrest in Chicago was more substantial. <laughs> um, and this happened. Right. And, but no, you say more substantial, Mark. It was like uh, more serious, but the actual substantialness of it was <laughs> nothing. I mean, these things are completely manufactured, like jigged up and organized and plotted and planned. And but I can't even remember what the Chicago one was. I just, I just so very jogged my memory. Shortly after we opened the LMT doors, uh, we get a call from this married pair of dentists up in Chicago, who had taken some courses or paid for some courses in advance that they never took. They got hooked in through the, uh, the business seminars, and um, then they got sucked into Scientology from that and spent a lot of money there. But they were trying for two years to get back $20,000 that they paid in advance and never used, and Scientology refused to give them the money back. So they called us, and I booked a flight to, dry, uh, to fly up there and do an interview with them on video. And as soon as we hung up, they called us back and said, Mark, um, your phones must be bugged because suddenly uh, the, uh, the woman who was in charge of the Chicago org was sitting in their waiting room with a check uh, and wanted to settle. Uh, and, and we said, well, I'm still coming up, so you know, we'll, we'll get the story. Uh, they chased her out of the waiting room that day, and when I arrived, uh, got off the plane, they called me to say she's back. She's sitting in the waiting room again, and I said, well, keep her there because uh, I'll come in with my camera and we'll get some footage, which I did. Uh, and, and she, of course, fled immediately, and I followed her down the hallway and into the elevator asking her questions about this. And it was uh, the start of a multi-day journey there um, that ended uh, when I went to join the dentists at the Chicago Org to um, do a little bit of interview with them before they went in to have settlement talks to get their money back. And as we arrived at the front door on the public sidewalk, I lifted my camera onto my shoulder and said, so tell me what's going to happen here. Before they could answer, two guys in black leather jackets came rushing out the front door, went right between the two dentists and grabbed me by either arm 
and arrested me for trespassing on a public sidewalk. And suddenly, like five to seven squad cars started uh, roaring up to the scene. It got so embarrassing that these two guys in, in the, the black leather jackets, it turned out that they were off-duty officers who were paid by Scientology to be waiting for me to get rid of me. Uh, but I heard, uh, you know, one of them who was holding on to me say to another officer, this is insane. Call these cars off. This is too much. So I had to go stand trial for this uh, in a in a courtroom that had never had a trial before. Uh, and we hired, I mean, this is normally a, a, a place where people go in for these little misdemeanors and pay a $40 or $60 fine, and that's it. They plead guilty, pay a fine, they're done. But we decided, well, this is what Scientology wants. They want to uh, say that uh, I was trespassing and I'm a criminal. Uh, so we decided to hire an attorney and fight it. So it ended up costing Bob about $60,000 to defend me. But we went through a full trial, uh, and it was fascinating. We got to put the uh, police on the jury, and um, on, the, on the witness stand, rather, <laughs> not on the jury, to find out that they paid him each 300 bucks to be waiting there for a few hours where they were fed all of these stories about how dangerous I am and given all the, the uh, dead agent material that they had waiting for them. And they whipped mm -hmm. these guys into a frenzy. So their yeah. duty was to get rid of me. Right. And this is part of the fair game tactics is where they give you, they give people packets of, of made up. Like you said, they have to, the science, uh, L. Ron Hubbard wrote that anybody who's exposing Scientology is a criminal. And so they have to try to make that come true at all costs. They have to try to make you a criminal, Mike a criminal, me a criminal. This has to be true. And this justifies the activities of Scientology, Scientologists. Yes. And Sea Org members, right? Because they believe, wholeheart as we did too, Mike, uh, we yep. believe that there are crimes, or L. Ron Hubbard says, there are crimes for which this person should go to, could go to prison. Make no mistake about it. 100% every time we find people criticizing, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm using his words, not mine, Scientology, they turn out to be criminals for which they could be in prison for, correct? They Correct. have to make that true. So they, they they go out there, they ridicule you, Mark. I've seen horrible videos. They send, you know, their meanest Scientologists out there to to ridicule you, make fun of you, what, what they call bull baiting, where they try to get a reaction from you so they can have you arrested. And this is what they do, like you said, to off-duty police officers, to PIs who know nothing about you. They sit in a room and they go, this person's evil. This person's destroying everything good. They, they, they're they hell-bent on destroying us because they don't have a career or whatever, the, whatever they tell these people. These are not Scientologists. And you would think that they would be smart enough to go, well, I don't know about that. I mean, really, this guy looks... It, it's so weird to me, for lack of a better word, that, that these PIs and people who are hired to do this who are not part of the organization agree to do this for money. It's shocking to me. Well, realize, Leah, there are a bunch of people of those type of people who will not. Right. You end up with the bottom of the barrel 
right. doing this sort of shitty, dirty work. Which is great because they show up to your home. They're stalking your children. They're, st- you know, it's it's, and and Scientology is putting people in other, you know, in danger by doing this. These people are probably went through the Scientology drug program, which is a farce, uh, Narcodon program. These people are 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 not stable in my. This is my estimation of some of these people that I've experienced, um, and and it's scary. It's scary because they're putting these people um, in your vicinity that would not be near you uh, in any other world or circumstance. Exactly, that's exactly right, and that's that's all part of the we are going to intimidate you into mm. silence. Right. Right. And people should know when Scientology sends PI, Scientology has a policy that says make it known. So when people like oh, we hear this all the time, well, if you saw him, I mean, he's can't be. Well, they want to be seen, everybody. Scientology has a policy that says make yourself seen so you can intimidate people into silence. You want to be scared of these people. They want you scared that things are going on. Then you start to think, are they in my trees? Are they, are they in my, am I in my house? Have they been in my house? Are they planting listening devices? Because they have done all of these things. And so it's not made up. It's not an unfounded fear that you would have. But so Mark, you were fair game with people. You, they, they, they've been following you for how many years? How long have you been, been engaged in this? Well, they became aware of me probably somewhere late 98 and 99 is when I started working with Bob Minton and uh, but right but you've been you, they protested outside yeah. your house and, and you were and then they had an then they got an injunction against you <laughs> in your own town where uh, you you were not allowed to be 10 feet from a Scientologist in downtown Clearwater and yet there is no body else in downtown Clearwater that isn't a Scientologist. Yeah, and that injunction <laughs> uh, uh, was aimed at everybody uh, involved with the Lisa McPherson Trust or associated with us in any tangential way that they could pretend would be part of the injunction. But that all sprang from that incident right. that Bob had with uh, Richard Hout. It started out just an injunction against right. Bob. And then there were four of us right. who worked at the LMT who were added to it. And eventually it grew to 13 names. And I'm the only one who's still around. Right. And this is 20 years ago. Right. But they use it against me and anyone who has dared to try to protest, even when none of us were living in Clearwater. And and the injunction is still in it place is. today, might I say, because we had you uh, on the aftermath. Um <laughs> And um, we went to a local park uh, in downtown Clearwater that was supposedly open to the public. Um, and when we arrived in the park, uh, Mark, just you were just sitting there by yourself on a park bench, a Scientology bench. Um, what was it? Seven police cars showed up? I think it was three, maybe four. Seven police officers and three police cars. Oh, thank you, Mike. Yes, 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 yes. yes. This was all on the basis that Scientology calls up and says, there's a guy who's trespassing and violating a court order. And, you know, we we saw on the episode what happened. They Mike points out to the officer. Mike says, "Um, sir, listen, I wrote this injunction, so I know what the injunction is. This park wasn't even here when we did this. (laughs) 
And he was having none of it. He was like, yep, you need to move on. And we're like, why? It's a public park. You need to move on. Mike kept saying, you understand that the park wasn't even here when we wrote this. When I, Because Mike was part of this. Mark, Mark, Mike is a big part of the reason why there's even injunction <laughs> against you, Mark Bunker. Oh, I know. But they were having none of that. We asked to be trespassed by somebody in the Church of Scientology, and they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't come out. They would not confront us, Mike, as Scientologists do. They talk a big game, and then they don't want to come out and trespass us. We stood there for, what, 45 minutes taking pictures? I mean, it was lovely. People who were driving by were beeping and yelling love and support. Exactly. Yeah. But but which yeah. which reminds me of where I really wanted to talk to Mark about today, which was we joked with you when we were mm. doing that show saying, Bunker, you should run for mayor. Why don't you get yourself elected as the mayor of Clearwater? And lo and behold, last year, oh, actually earlier this year, excuse me, there was an election and you managed to get yourself elected onto the city council of the city of Clearwater. And much to the chagrin of Scientology, you are now here on our show as an official elected representative of the people of Clearwater on the city council of Clearwater. And for everybody who was listening and was unaware of this, we offer our heartiest congratulations and there is a bit of a story that goes along with how this came about and what happened in that election. And I really want to talk about that because I think it's very, it's very instructive and it, it greatly expands upon some of the things we touched upon in the aftermath episode, Mark. Um, Tell me, tell me from your view, like the story of getting elected now. Well, it was in the back of my mind from the time I moved back to Clearwater in 2013. In fact, in a video I mentioned, hey, uh, maybe, uh, uh, maybe I'll be Wisebeard mayor someday. Um, and by the way, Mark, why do you, and also why did you want to do this? Why did you find this important? Because this is not about getting this is not just about being somebody who wants to get in there to ruffle feather. I mean, you really love um, Clearwater. You love downtown Clearwater, and you and you tr- your heart is truly in the right place, which is why I supported this. And thank you for your support. It was an enormous help. You and and Mike both, of course, um, contributed. Mark, I think anybody who hears you speak and knows you just sees your heart. But I, w- I just want people to know why it was so important to you. Well, I mean, I, Clearwater has been um, special to me ever since that 60 Minutes piece back in 1980. And mm-hmm. moving here uh, in 2000 was an amazing experience. The two most fascinating years of my life. I got to meet and get to know Gabe Casares, who was still around at the time, and I mm-hmm. did a video interview with him, as well as Ray Emmons, who was the police officer, the detective who was in charge of investigating Scientology. So we all became friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the LMT closed, I went back to uh, San Diego and was working in TV news. And then in 2013, uh, I decided, hey, let's go back to Clearwater and see if I can make a difference. 
It wasn't until a little push from you and Mike in the taping of that interview for Aftermath, where in unison uh, you said, now if only somebody would run for office, and you and Mike both turned to me and said, Mark, and that amused me. And right. I thought, well, yeah, I've been talking about it for so long. I should do it. So uh, I had a chance to to run. Understood. But what difference do you think needed to be made? That's what I'm just trying to get get at. So I ran because for decades, nobody has addressed Scientology within the city right. council. Uh, nobody has taken them on since the the mid nineties, and it was very frustrating that. Uh, this was the case when the people in the city really want it to be part of the agenda. And I ran hoping to make a difference, not just on Scientology, but to, to help in every way possible with the city. But I found that what people really responded to was the fact that somebody was willing to say the word and willing to take them on. And having been on your show right. was a big advantage because there were people who recognized me from the aftermath. And even people who didn't recognize me, if I knocked on the door and said, uh, I'm Mark Bunker, I'm running for city council, I believe it's important to stand up to Scientology, and I've been doing that for 20 years. They would say, say no more, you got my vote. So that's how important right. it is for a lot of the people in the city. And Sure. And what would you like to see happen? I mean, what's ultimately the, the ultimately goal it would be great if we can curb some of the abuses and uh, get some investigations going that would show that they don't deserve their tax exempt status. If we can revoke, if we can convince the IRS somewhere down the line to revoke their tax exempt status, that's approximately fifteen million dollars a year that would go back into the city coffers. That will help us uh, restore the downtown. Uh, We've been trying to redevelop that forever, ever since Scientology came to town. And it's impossible. The downtown is dead because of Scientology. And the city tries to ignore that. Now, let's just set that up. Can we... Can we? Yes, I agree. Now, can we talk about that for one minute? Because you guys live there, right? Now, I was—I lived in Clearwater. I was in the C organization, an employee of Scientology, when I was underage, there in Clearwater, and I and I know what goes on, and I know with children, and I know what what is still going on because it's it's the policy of of Scientology. They don't consider children children, so they don't see anything wrong with working children from eight in the morning till midnight. Um, that's what I was doing when I was twelve, thirteen years old. But you don't get to see that, right? Because they're getting bussed in, uh, and you can't just walk into any church of Scientology, even though it says all are welcome, and they claim to be, you know, just an open book. But <laughs> when I was there, won't even mention the years, it was a ghost town. Now it is a ghost town, and it looks like a bad version of, like, Solvang, or if you've ever been to Solvang, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah. Or uh, Disney World, Disneyland, but like a bad version of it, right? There's these storefronts that that are just that storefronts. There's nobody ever in them, but the teenage employee of Scientology sitting there manning the phones that are not ringing, and it's just wasted space up and down 
Cleveland Street, up and down. For, is that the right street, Mike, if I recall? Fort and Harrison. Fort Harrison. Um, and there's virtually nothing going on in this amazing, cute, could be cute, could be thriving downtown of Clearwater. And it's, you know, what, um, not even a mile from the beach, Mike? Yeah, it's it's like it's the it's the perfect Florida small town, and there are many of them around who are flourishing and prospering. It is and not the only a one that of, isn't is, is exactly. because Scientology has per, has purchased the buildings most of downtown Clearwater, and they're doing that today, right, Mike? Didn't uh, Tracy McManus do a story? about this recently uh, from the uh, Tampa, is it Tampa Bay times? Yeah. Yes. The, it's now the Tampa Bay times. Yes. Yeah. Tracy McManus did an amazing story uh, late last year where she dug into the property purchases that had been made in downtown Clearwater in the previous two years and found that a hundred properties in downtown Clearwater had been purchased, e- purchased either by Scientology or by Scientology-affiliated corporations, entities, people, uh, many of them for cash, many of them above market value, and that, in effect, the downtown area, the the square mile of downtown, or I guess it's like about a half a mile square Mm -hmm. of downtown Clearwater, is either... Owned by Scientology, Scientologists, or Scientology-affiliated companies, or it's owned by the city or county, and there is very little else that remains in downtown Clearwater. And what and is the purpose was- of that, Mike? What is the purpose of, of, of Scientology going to, like, let's say, a rich parishioner and says, go buy this building that's on blah, blah, blah Street and downtown? What, what is the purpose of all of this? Well, there's two purposes, Leah. One is simply keeping everybody else out. I mean, the one thing Scientology does not want is a lot of wogs around, non-Scientologists. They do not want those people around their facilities. They don't want people looking in the windows of the Fort Harrison to see another Lisa McPherson. Right. They don't want people knowing what's going on and seeing kids coming and going at all hours of the day and night. Right. They don't want that. They want Clearwater to be, as L. Ron Hubbard laid out originally in Project Normandy, but then subsequently it's been published, the first Scientology city. They want to control the entire thing. Second part is probably uh you know basically the same thing but the fact that david miscavige was rebuffed by the clearwater aquarium and the city of clearwater concerning purchasing a piece of property that he wanted and he wanted it an aquarium lot that was in downtown mm-hmm. that was that effectively overlooks both the Fort Harrison and the Oak Cove, which is another one of their big buildings down there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that the head of the Clearwater Marine Aquarium at the time, David Yates, had made a deal with the city for the city to buy it. And when Miscavige came in and tried to strong arm him and the aquarium into selling it to him for 
three and a half times its appraised value, and he refused, saying, no, I already gave my word, I have a deal with the city, Miscavige had a hissy fit. He had been parading himself and Tom Cruise and John Travolta and various other people in front of the city with these grandiose plans that he said he was going to carry out to revitalize downtown Clearwater. They were going to bring movie theaters. They were going to get all these high-end stores. Everything was going to be done, and Scientology was going to take care of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And he said, except it's conditional on you getting uh, selling us that lot. Right. And as soon as that didn't happen, mm -hmm. he went, Okay, screw you, and he stopped talking. And he and no there was all communication with the city was cut off for years, and instead they enacted a plan to go and buy the whole place. It's almost like, you know, you see in the movies the little guy won't sell his right. his mm -hmm. thing to the so they build a skyscraper all around it. Right. And cut off all his light and blah, 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 and make it impossible to live there. And right. that is what has happened in Clearwater. And other than the Tampa Bay Times mm -hmm. and Tracy McManus, nobody was saying anything about this. Right. It was just going on, and everybody was sort of sitting back going, well, we can't offend the Scientologists, so... We better be careful. We better not do or say anything because they'll get mad. And they like it's it, it's what Mark was saying that people, elected officials in Clearwater, had become afraid to even say the word. They would talk about the religious organizations in Clearwater. If they had to address anything about Scientology, it would always be put in these broad stroke terms. Right. Oh, religious organizations and, you know, charitable blah blahs and this and that. And nobody would even utter the word Scientology until right. Mark Bunker came along and said, I'm not afraid of Scientology. Right. And and by the way, we should talk about that, Mike, because we uh, you know, the taxes, right, that Scientology doesn't pay that Mark brought up, right? And the impact on the community is why... It's important that we pay attention to this, everyone. It's not just Clearwater, Florida, downtown Clearwater. Scientology has the goal to do this in every city across in the world, not just in America, in the world. This is what they will are attempting to do, and they have succeeded in Clearwater, Florida. Right. So they this they is claim that they're their largest taxpayer in downtown Clearwater. Okay, but but but. But what this ignores is how much tax they would be paying if they were not exempt, as you were as you brought up, Mark. Uh, the the taxpayers of Clearwater are are subsidizing, are subsidizing, which Mike you've said many times. When we talk about California, we talk about my, uh, well, probably there's not one Scientologist in Montana. That's why I think about moving there. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, when people ask me, why is there no, like, Scientologist in Brooklyn? I go, anybody who has any values, like family, deep-seated values or, like, families that really love them and care about Like, you're not going to fucking see a Scientologist coming from that shit. How we got into it, I'll never know. I blame my mother in the 70s and her <laughs> maybe being high still from the mushroom she took in late 60s. But anyway, so we are all paying for this in some way. 
because Scientology, right, religions have tax-exempt status because they're supposed to be benefiting the public, everyone. Hey, Mark, do you know if Scientology uh, volunteers with the anybody? Do, do they feed the homeless, or do they just open up their their private park for winter wonderland and just just for PR purposes, but do they feed the hungry? Do they house the homeless? Do they do anything charitable with their tax-exempt money? Well, one thing I know they did do was um, help reopen the Martin Luther King Center in town. Um, And, and you know, all the things they do are measures of safe pointing to say that we could do good work. But the individual Scientologists who are helping out, I'm sure they are all well-meaning and believe that they're making a huge difference in the world. Well, no, they they think they're making a huge difference in the world by what you're talking about as a policy called safe pointing. There's also a policy called the public image, Mike, and we should also put those up on the website at Scientology Fair Game. So Scientologists don't believe they're doing good, Mark. They believe they're doing good for Scientology because they want to just get a photo so that they can say they did this, but it is to contribute to Scientology's PR machine. That is solely why I did anything that I did as a Scientologist, not because I actually believed in any other organization doing any work, quote unquote. I, we believe that we were doing better because and the only work worthwhile and the only reason why we would appear at these things is to make Scientology look good. So it's not that they believe they're doing right by the organization they're pretending to be part of. This is a uh, purposeful action taken sure. on by Scientologists. Yeah, that, that, that's a, a, a sort of a, a fringe benefit. Right. If, there's some, yeah. if something good happens there, yeah, okay, but what really is important is have I created goodwill and good PR for Scientology by whatever it is that I do? And that's the only criteria that any Scientologist uses to determine what they do and they don't do. Right. So they do sp- spend hundreds of million, millions of dollars of trying to destroy who they perceive as enemies. And I'm pretty sure they're not putting hundreds of millions of dollars into anything that helps any real charitable organization or really doing the work to help people in general. Right. They're, they're definitely not making the contribution that they pretend to make when they say we're saving the the planet through our drug rehab programs and uh, mm-hmm. you know the prison projects and yeah you know, it's all feeder stuff into the church and and right. money makers um right. but uh, you know it it did have an impact on the folks at the Martin Luther King Center in the North Greenwood neighborhood uh mm-hmm. at most forums i got a really great reception Everywhere I went, I had a lot of people coming up afterwards and thanking me for being there. Uh, At that one, which was a predominantly African-American meeting, uh, they didn't want to hear about Scientology at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they were quite upset when I would bring it up. Um, Why? Well, one guy came up to me at the end of it and, and said, listen, they were here to help us uh, put on a new roof. They fed us. They, they donated uh, thousands of dollars 
to us thousands to get this them. right. Thousands out of the right. billions that they they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, so it effectively uh, got them on Scientology's side, which was the real mm-hmm. goal. But mm-hmm. still, it was you know it was really good that that those things were done because it was. Uh oh, the help. kitties! The right. kitties got in. No, they're not in. They're mm-hmm. outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> they're oh, wanting okay. to come in. They're hearing you now. Oh, and they're okay. saying we're missing out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you why, very simply, because the chief PR of Scientology in Clearwater is Pat Hani, who happens to be African American, and Pat Hani has spent a long time seeking to create what, as Mark called them, safe points in the African-American community, which is relatively small in Clearwater and is is sort of a confined area of downtown Clearwater or edge of downtown Clearwater, and she has spent a lot of time trying to make friends there and obviously has done so. And those people are thankful for what gets done, but if you look at it from the perspective of Scientology – for the investment of a few thousand dollars and telling some people to go volunteer to put up their roof, they just got a bunch of allies and they're counting them on their statistics. Mm-hmm. This is Pat Harney's statistic, the number of allies that she has who will speak up in defense of Scientology. And like we see those phony ministers uh, that show up for Ed Parkins events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same sort of thing. So, yes, we we know that there are certain things, but they 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 are they are ancillary benefits. I think I think it's great that they gave the North Greenwood Association or whatever it was called, Mark, a, a new roof and participated and contributed in that. But in the overall scheme of things. Scientology probably took in $50 million in the last six months, and they tossed a few thousand dollars and told a few volunteers to go up there and help them with their roof. And that is where the problem really lies. Mm -hmm. It is not benefiting the community to the degree that they are taking from the community. Correct. They are sucking the life out of Clearwater. They are sucking tens, hundreds of millions of dollars out of their own people who come to Clearwater. And what gets given back is a big zip Mm -hmm. when you compare those two things. But I wanted to talk a bit, Mark, about what happened when you were being going out to those places and having those candidate forums because I came to uh, a few of them and I just want to make particular mention of one of the other candidates who was running for your seat, which is Alicio Santana, because Mr. Santana was the Scientology stalking horse for your campaign. He showed up with uh, his sidekick hecklers and uh, his prepared briefing sheets from the Office of Special Affairs to take pot shots at you, right? Yeah, yeah. And his campaign manager, uh, months before he signed on with Alicia, 
uh, had come up to one of the other candidates who, who was successful in her campaign as well, Kathleen Beckman. He approached her and said early on, listen, I would love to be your campaign manager, and I've got a solid block of 11,000 votes and all the money you need, but we're going, to have, we're going to tell you which seat to run for. And she said, no, thanks. And, you know, late in the game, Alicio got in, and it turned out that this guy became his manager and started showing up with Scientologist hecklers to kind of derail uh, anything I said that involved Scientology and cheer and boost him. Uh, and it was quite amazing to see. And I talked to Elicio at, at uh, an event in North Greenwood not long after that. And I said, you know, at the meeting, you, you, at the forum, you said that I have hate in my heart. Do you really believe that? And he said, yes. Yes, I do. Mm. Which... And, the, and he's a Scientologist. He's not a Scientologist, no. no. But mm. he was happy to forward their line. Their, their line, right. 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 Uh, and it didn't help him and, at all. And, I mean, he, he came in, I don't know if he was last, but he was at least fourth. fourth? Four out of Four five. Out of five, okay. Yeah. And, and there's something important about this, though, is... Scientology has long told politicians in Clearwater that they have this huge block of votes and this huge amount of money that they will throw behind. And they have gotten a number of politicians in Clearwater and in Florida to speak on their behalf and step out on their behalf, including Pam Bondi, who was the former attorney general of the state of Florida, and Alicio Santana took it upon himself to become the Scientology candidate in this race for the city of city council for Clearwater. And it proved that Scientology does not in fact have this enormous, powerful voting block, right? Because he came fourth and Mark Bunker won. They couldn't right. even, and this is not a huge election. There are six, Mark Bunker won with 6,170 votes. Mm -hmm. This, they couldn't even round up 6,170 votes to beat Mark Bunker. Right. And so I hope that Clearwater gets behind Mark and contributes to the efforts to expose the crimes of Scientology. Yeah. I hear you, Leah. Yeah, you know, the people of Clearwater hear you too and, and mm -hmm. uh, understand uh getting through to um the city officials is not easy but as they told me um i've already changed the dialogue in the city so we're not going back there's going to be more and more people Good. openly addressing scientology now and i'm hoping we have a second candidate on the city council uh in two years when the next race is uh, on uh, because you need mm -hmm. three out of five votes to get anything done. So if we okay. have two suppressive people on, uh, on yes. the board, and we can just convince <laughs> one other person that we need to take action, that would make a, a, a huge difference. And also, I want to add that 
there is one elected board in Clearwater that is dominated by Scientologists. What's the that? Downtown Development Board, which oh. the only people eligible to sit on that board are owners of property in downtown Clearwater. And the only people eligible to vote for people sitting on that board are owners of property in downtown Clearwater. So guess what, Leah? Huh. Four out of the seven of them are Scientologists. Mike right, Mark? Rinder. That, are you kidding me, Mark? Correct. Is that correct? And the, there's a fifth member who is not a Scientologist, but she's a lawyer at Scientology's go-to law firm of Pope Johnson. Hang on a second. You guys, does Clearwater know? What is this board called? That's the Downtown Development Board. The Downtown Development Board. This is the board that decides what's going to be developed in downtown Clearwater. Four out of the seven board members are Scientology. And the fifth one works for Scientology. Well, they don't have that much power. What they have is a small budget of 200 and some thousand dollars. Well, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll tell you what. They they have some power because ain't shit going down in downtown Clearwater. But yeah. Scientology, what can people do about this? I mean, when what, what can people do about not having four out of the seven, well, five, really, on the side of Scientology? Well, there's really nothing that you can do about it because only the people who live downtown uh, can vote and they have the, the votes to win. So if there were enough... It's not even live, Mark. It's own property in downtown. Uh, no, I think no? you can live or work downtown as well. Um, but uh, okay. uh, definitely, they have. Well, there is something you could do. Well, if you work any, if you work in downtown Clear, which is not likely because there's no businesses down there to work in because Scientology owns everything and they don't actually have any businesses for people to work in and they probably wouldn't have non-scientologists working there um you can try to get on this ward or you can vote not to have the majority of scientology on the board yeah right? uh, it, it's possible to even just dissolve the board if the city wanted to which um i mean there has been some talk about doing but uh really if if scientologists can win an election they can they can sit on the board now, this board primarily deals with a budget of how do we promote downtown? Should we have uh, an arts festival? Should we have bands playing music on the street? So they don't have a lot of power, and they're an advisory board for the oh. city council. So they, uh, they make some decisions that then come to us, and then we can say yes or no. Um, so it's, it's not like they have a lot of power, but because it's such a, an amazing story that they control this board, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people are convinced mm-hmm. that the city council itself and, and most city officials are Scientologists. That's not the case. I, I find mm-hmm. a lot of support within okay. the city for being tougher on Scientology. It's just a, mm-hmm. a matter of how. How do we find the evidence for the police could go in and and do a raid? How do we how do we prove all of these things? Uh, I think it's important for us to be communicating. Uh, and hey, I'd sit down with. Uh, I, I keep offering to sit down with David Miscavige. You know, they they keep uh, saying, "Oh, we're going to have a meeting with him soon." Well, I, I'll I volunteer. 
I'll go in and negotiate. For some sure. reason, they, they don't want me there. Yeah. But things are changing slowly, and I think we do have the possibility to, to really make a difference. Well, I've got someone in mind. I bet you do. So do I. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't live in Clearwater, just by the way. So it's well, not me. Well, I might have to buy a property in Clearwater, <laughs> being that it's just for sale. <laughs> <laughs> love it, Leah. Love it. Well, listen, Mike, you, we, we've always talked about it. I said, let's open up a, a, some kind of business in downtown Clearwater. Get it going. Get it going. Yes, Get something going. Um, so uh, go ahead, Mark. Did you I've talked to an owner downtown uh, who has not mm-hmm. sold the Scientology. She'd be happy to open mm-hmm. something there, uh, whether it's your ice cream shop or if there's any other mm-hmm. project you want to put in there. That could definitely Well, let happen. me hear from the city of Clearwater what they want. <laughs> what does the city of Clearwater downtown, what are y'all missing? Well, pretty much everything. You could tweet me. But uh, there, there are a couple coffee shops. There's uh, some restaurants opening up that are doing quite well. There's one bar, right, Mike? There was one bar that opened up in downtown, but Scientology fair gamed him. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. that. Yes, that that is no longer there, but there are some other establishments that are opening. You know, Mark, and I I will also say the new mayor that was elected at the same time that Mark was, Frank Hibbard, is very business-oriented and is seeking to change the way the city addresses bringing businesses into downtown, which is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. We just sent out a request for developers saying that we've got some property here along the Bayfront where we're putting in our beautiful new Imagine Clearwater Park. Uh, and oh. we, we asked for uh, proposals. Out of the 50 developers we reached out to, only two responded. And, and why Tracy is that, McManus Mark? in the paper talked to at least one or two of them that said Scientology was the reason. And I'm sure many, many more uh, uh, of the developers felt the same way, but they haven't gone on record. And in fact, in Monday's mm-hmm. work session, we were talking about the development downtown. And I asked, mm-hmm. do we know the reason why these other 48 developers did mm-hmm. not want to make a proposal? And they said, well, we reached right. out to three or four of them, but well, we should get on the phone and, and talk to all of them to find out what the problem is. Because I, right. I I think we'll find that people are just wary about being associated with. Um, well, I don't know that it's weary. Being, but no, no, I don't know that it's weary of Scientology. It's that because Scientology owns the town, right. no one, there's no reason to go down there. So if I'm a developer, I say this isn't. The, where are the right. people? I, it doesn't matter to me if they're Scientologists. Do they eat ice cream? I mean, they're more than welcome Absolutely. in here. But it's not the opposite, right? Scientology doesn't want your businesses right. in there. They want Scientology businesses in there. God forbid, Mike and I opened up a, uh, an ice cream shop in downtown Clearwater. What would happen? A Sea Org member might walk in. A Scientologist might walk in. They might go, oh, my God. Oh, I have to leave. 
They will leave our ice cream shop. They will not spend one cent in there because they are taught you are not allowed to contribute to non-Scientologist businesses, but especially, especially people they label enemies. So we would get no Scientology business. If, God forbid, a Scientology business in downtown Clearwater said, hey, you should watch The Aftermath or put up the uh, the, the foundation, the Aftermath uh, Foundation, which is there to solely help anybody trying to leave the Sea Org in, in, you know, Scientology, right? If that business put up something in support of the Aftermath Foundation, there would be an internal meeting with Scientologists, and I'm not talking about Sea Org members, I'm talking about parishioners who have flown in from Sweden, from New York, from Germany. You are not allowed to go to that place. And they already do that now, Mike, by the way. When I used to go there as a parishioner, they used to go, how much money are you putting on your like food account? I go, well, I might want to eat, you know, in a normal place, you know, one day. And they're like, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't go eat at other people's places. Like you don't do that. You spend oh, your money here. Leah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and this is touching upon a whole nother subject, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bunker got refused service along with Jeff Jacobson at a pizza place in downtown Clearwater that was owned by Scientologists. Right, and that was but, on. Uh, was that on Fort Harrison Street? That what's uh, the yeah, name Fort of that Harrison. place? Well, Mark? there was there was a restaurant that that, there um, uh. that Jeff and I went to back in two thousand that that kicked us out. Uh, that was uh, that's closed. And that's my point. That Scientology plays yeah. both sides. They say we want to be accepted, but we won't accept you. Right, right. So I hear from a lot of people who have stories about um, what it's like to do business downtown how um, mm-hmm. uh, there's one um, sign shop that uh, I went to for some of my campaign materials. All of his uh, customers were businesses located downtown mm-hmm. and they got chased out of downtown and that severely hurt his business, even though he's not located downtown. Mm-hmm. We need to have a safe way for people <laughs> to come and share their stories about how Scientology intimidates business people uh mm-hmm. there has to be a way for us to do that so we can say this mm-hmm. is the impact that scientology's having on our businesses downtown mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it it i don't know how to do that yet but that's something we we need to set up i'm very happy that we're talking openly about scientology now and there is mm-hmm. Progress being made, even though it's slow. But uh, we will make a difference in Clearwater. I know you will. If anybody can, you will. Thank you, Mark Bunker. Thanks so much, Mark. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you both. Thank you to all of you for continuing to support this podcast. We so appreciate it. Until next time. 